This podcast is sponsored by Blue Butterfly, the go-to cocktail bar and place to meet on Earl Street, Maidstone. Bluebutterfly.co.uk. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Hope you're okay. It's Tuesday, October the 5th, and the issue of women's safety following the murder of Sarah Everard by a serving Met Police officer from Kent remains very much in the spotlight today. At the Conservative Party conference, it's been announced that an independent inquiry will look at the failures in policing, which led to the 33-year-old's killing in March. The Home Secretary said we have the right to answers. Priti Patel also refused to say the killer's name during her speech earlier. All our thoughts remain with Sarah Everard's family and friends. Her murderer, whose name I will not repeat, was a monster. His explicit intention was to instill fear and terror into women and girls. I say this as Home Secretary, but also as a woman, that such unconscionable crimes and acts of violence against women and girls have no place in our society. And that is why I have redoubled my efforts to ensure that women and girls feel safe. Now, that inquiry will be separate to a review announced by the head of the Metropolitan Police yesterday. Sarah's body was found in Woodland near Ashford a week after she'd been kidnapped from a street as she walked home in London by Wayne Cousins from Deal. Also at the party conference, Justice Secretary Dominic Raab promised to transform how the system handles violence against women. Like I know all of you, I was shocked and horrified by the harrowing murders of Sarah Everard and Sabina Nest. These cases have quite understandably sparked a national outpouring of fear and anger because they go to the very heart of the society that we all want to live in and that we want for our children and for the next generation. So I can tell you that making our communities safer so that women can walk home at night without having to look over their shoulder. As your Justice Secretary, that is my number one priority. And we're taking the action necessary. In July, we launched our Violence Against Women and Girls strategy with a dedicated policing lead reporting directly to the Home Secretary. We're investing £30 million to make the straight safer at night. Things like CCTV, better lighting, better design. We're introducing a 24-7 rape and sexual violence hotline. And we will transform the way the justice system treats violence against women. From the time it takes to examine a mobile phone in evidence, right the way through to the potential ordeal that we need to protect vulnerable victims from when they go into trial. And conference, we will take the victim's code, and turn that guidance into law to make sure that in every case, for every victim, their voice is heard and they see justice done. And the Prime Minister says he's totally fed up with the UK's low rate of prosecutions for rape. No, I don't think people do have enough confidence in the criminal justice system. I I certainly am not 
happy with the way the things are, have been going. Here in Kent, the Police and Crime Commissioner says he's confident new measures being brought in will improve safety on our streets. Almost three quarters of a million pounds will be spent in Ashford and Medway on things like drink testing kits and personal alarms, as well as better street lighting and more CCTV. Matthew Scott has been speaking to Ish. This tragic case, as well as others that we've seen uh, in London uh, and also locally as well, um, has acted for, for many agencies, including uh, myself and others, to redouble our efforts to tackle violence against women, especially that violence which is committed by men. So as a white ribbon ambassador uh, with a white ribbon force, we've been at the forefront of that campaign for some time, but there's obviously more that we can do, more that we can learn, and we're absolutely determined to do this as one of our top priorities as a generational issue that we have to challenge. And I wonder if you wouldn't mind giving um, a comment on some of the measures that the Met are going to bring in, obviously, after what's happened. Uh, we heard, obviously, Dame Chrysler Dick announced yesterday that there, there's going to be an independent reviewer looking at the culture and the, uh, the conduct within the force. Um, what, what do you think about those type of measures that are coming in? Well, I think it's important that when police forces have been found to have been in the wrong, that they do have an honest look at themselves, but actually they need to make sure that the voice of victims and survivors is not lost within that either. So I think it's good that they're having a look at their internal culture uh, and how things like this could have happened. But at the same time, the review does need to be outward looking as well so they can rebuild uh, some of that confidence which people say has been lost in the Metropolitan Police. The Chief Constable and I are working on a, a similar programme to make sure that uh, we are listening uh, to victims of crime and women and girls. So um, I think that anything we can do to listen and to learn uh, is a good thing. But actually, that's not enough. Things have got to change. Meantime, detectives are investigating whether 48-year-old cousins committed any other offences over the past 30 years. He's been given a whole life sentence and now officers want to find out whether he could have been involved in any previous unsolved cases. They're reportedly looking into his time with the Army, Kent Police and Dungeness Nuclear Power Plant. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today are more than 100 Insulate Britain protesters have been served with an injunction against road-blocking demonstrations. Now, they've caused problems on busy routes including the M25 in Kent and at the Port of Dover over the past few weeks. That's despite previous legal action. And a hearing at London's High Court has been adjourned until next week, so all three injunctions issued can be discussed together. The environmental groups apologise for the disruption caused, but spokesman Tim Goff has admitted more could be on the way. There are some activists who, despite the current injunctions, are willing to risk jail and unlimited fines in order to try to get across to the politicians the importance of this issue. A man who deliberately drove at a group of people outside a pub in Dartford has been jailed for seven years. Bradley Knapp, who's from Gravesend, fled to Tenerife after it happened in October 2019. And at Kent Online, you can see the moment he was arrested by Spanish police. The judge described the 27-year-old as a danger to the public. He'll serve another two years on licence and has been banned from driving for just over four years. An inquest has opened 
pointing to the deaths of serial killer Stephen Port's victims, including a young man from Gravesend. The coroners told the jury the competence and adequacy of the police investigations would be a key focus. Port serving a whole life sentence for the murders of Jack Taylor, Anthony Wargate, Gabriel Cavari and Daniel Whitworth, who were given overdoses of the drug GHB. A sad update after yesterday's travel problems at the Dartford Tunnel. A motorcyclist has died following a crash. Investigators say the man who was in his 30s was pronounced dead at the scene following the collision, which closed the right-hand tunnel for around nine hours. A Sheppey man's been jailed for trying to attack strangers with a knife in Sussex. Darren Rogers has been locked up for two and a half years after it happened in Bexhill last November. The 45-year-old from Plough Road in Eastchurch has previously served a seven-year sentence for manslaughter after stabbing his ex-partner to death in Kent in October 1999. The Kent Online Podcast with Blue Butterfly, Earl Street Maidstone. The mum of a Kent girl with severe epilepsy says she's still hopeful the NHS will eventually pay for the medication she needs. 12-year-old Tegan Appleby from Aylsham used to have hundreds of seizures a day and has previously ended up in a coma in hospital. Cannabis oil-based drugs have helped immensely but cost £2,000 a month. Well, I've been speaking to Tegan's mum, Emma. Tegan has um, a very severe case of epilepsy um, with her other conditions, but epilepsy is her main issue at the moment. Um, she can seizure up to 300 times a day. Um, we found a medication, a cannabis oil medication, um, that helps Tegan um, massively. It reduces her seizures dramatically. It gives her a much better quality of life. She hasn't been in hospital for nearly a year now because she's, she's been so well um, on the medication. But that medication is not prescribed by the NHS yet. Um, they're refusing to prescribe it. So I have to pay for it privately for a private doctor and a private pharmacy. And that's where it costs £2,000 a month. Which is an awful lot of money, as you say, that you're having to pay out every month. But that's fantastic news to hear that Tegan hasn't had to go into hospital because I know we've spoken she's, to you before. Yeah. And she's been very, very poorly. She it's has. been very she's, concerning. Don't get me wrong, you know. She still has her bad days, but they're, they're, you know, cannabis medicine, it's not a cure. It, it makes her quality of life better and reduces her seizures, but it's not a cure. She still has seizures. She still has bad days. But compared to three years ago, she's so much better than she was. And that's what I that's what I'm happy with. I'm happy that she's happy. Um, I don't count the days by how many seizures she has. It's more. If she's having a good day, she can go to school, she can like, do things that every other, every other child can do rather than being stuck at home asleep or in hospital. So, yeah, I'm really, really grateful for all the support we've had on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. And, of course, social media has been very important over the past 18 months, maybe even more so, because you haven't been able to get out there and get Tegan's story out and do the fundraisers like you had done in the past. Exactly that. That has been our biggest thing. Like the last two years have been so difficult because of COVID. We've had to rely on social media and it has, you know, they they really pulled us through. Last year, um, when Tegan was taken to hospital, we ran out of money in the first lockdown. Social media paid for her to come out of hospital. Social media kept her alive. You know, I know that sounds really drastic, but it's true. People couldn't go to work. We couldn't, we couldn't go to work because Tegan was too poorly. We ran out of money and it got to the point where social media, someone anonymous, anonymously stepped forward and gave us £2,000 to buy some medication. 
you know, they saved her and we didn't even know who they were. Yeah, absolutely. And is there any update from the NHS as to whether they're going to change their stance on the medication? Because that does seem to be the biggest stumbling block is that you're having to pay for this all the time. Yeah, so nothing's happened yet. Um, obviously, Matt Hancock's not health secretary anymore. Sajid Javid is now. Um, and he was the original person that passed the law. So we're hoping that once COVID has calmed down a little bit, he might focus a bit more on our children. Um, so fingers crossed. We have got the, I think it's the three-year anniversary coming up um, next month. So fingers crossed. I don't know. I just beg them every day, but I can't, I can't rely on them. I have to, I have to make sure that I've got that that money to, to provide for things medication. I, I haven't got a choice. Like I said, we ran out in the first lockdown and within two weeks we were back in hospital, you know, fighting for her life in a coma. It is that important that she gets the medication. Tegan can't talk. Tegan can't look after herself. I'm her mum. That's, that's my job. So I will do whatever I have to do to keep her happy and to keep her safe. Absolutely. And when you see her wonderful smile, it must make it all worth it. <laughs> exactly. You know, she's such a happy little girl, massively happy little girl. She just takes it all in her stride. Nothing gets her down. A bad day, she'll seize you all day. And then when she's finished, she'll, she'll sit up, she'll smile, she'll want to cuddle. And she's just so happy. Floral tributes have been left outside a nursery in Ashford following the death of a child. Jellybeans Day Nursery in Kingsnorth has had its registration suspended by education watchdog Ofsted after the youngster became unwell at the site before later passing away in hospital. One of the messages of condolence left outside says, Sweet angel, rest peacefully. Flood alerts have been in force in parts of after heavy rain caused major disruption on the roads and rails. There were several crashes this morning and a fallen tree affected southeastern surfaces in Thanet. There is still a lane closed on the M20 near Ashford because of flooding. Do keep listening to our sister radio station KMFM for regular travel updates. Meantime, Tenterden Leisure Centre is going to stay shut for a while after bad weather at the weekend damaged the roof. Emergency repairs are being carried out following heavy rain and winds. The roof was in the middle of being replaced but a large section fell down on Saturday night. Kent Online reports. Now, this is something we haven't mentioned for a while, but latest figures show three parts of Kent have among the lowest COVID infection rates in the UK. Swale, Thanet and Canterbury have fewer cases per 100,000 people than anywhere else in England. Overall, the number being tested positive for coronavirus across the county has risen over the past couple of weeks, but deaths and hospital admissions remain relatively low. The man behind multi-billion pound plans for a huge theme park in North Kent has promised it will be built despite numerous delays. London Resort is due to be constructed on the Swanscombe Peninsula, but eight years after the project was first announced, work still hasn't started. An inquiry still needs to be held, but it's hoped the first phase of the park could open in 2024. An Ashford woman who was born without half an arm says her life could be transformed by a robotic prosthetic. Amy Brown heard about the hero arm when she saw a post on Insta by a little girl who'd lost both arms to meningitis and been kitted out with them. Now they use sensors to detect muscle movement in the remaining part of the limb which then controls the hand. 27-year-old Amy has been speaking about it to Reese. I didn't realise that I'd be able to work a robotic prosthetic because mm. uh, I've only got about two inches below the elbow um, yeah. so I haven't actually got that much um, and also, because I'm not an amputee, I was born like it. I don't have the muscle memory of using 
their muscles to open and close my left hand because obviously I've never had it so and that's how the um hero arm works it works on two sensors have you had any other type of prosthetic before well I had a prosthetic when I was younger but I didn't really Mm. like it because it looked awful and it didn't do anything and it was heavy so it didn't really help it just made life harder so I, I always tried not to use them because like I say, they didn't help. And then I think it was last year, I saw something on Instagram maybe um, of a, a young girl called Tilly who um, lost both her arms through meningitis and she had two hero arms. And um, I contacted them, but at the time they didn't accept any funding or anything like that. So I didn't think anything else of it. And then this year I got contacted by um, a lady from Open Barnics who said, we now accept funding. Are you still interested in going down the journey of getting a hero arm? So I've had my um, first sort of consultation with um, the guy who does it and I've tried it out and I've actually got a little clip um, of me using the hero arm. Uh, and I managed to open and close the hand within 15 minutes, which I know might sound like a long time, but actually was really quick considering I've never used anything like that before. So he was really impressed and was definitely uh, happy to say that I'd be able to use one. What was that moment like? I mean, even just hearing you describe Crazy. it, I mean, I'm just, yeah. It's, do you know what? It's a feeling like I've never really felt before. But the funny thing is, when I first had the sensors on, obviously had to try and find the right muscles for for the for it to work, and it was the middle finger that kept twitching first, <laughs> and we just couldn't stop laughing because for anybody that knows me, I, it was one thing that I said, you know, it'll be just my luck that, especially working in the school, I'll end up walking around and accidentally doing that without realising. But yeah, so that was the first finger that I I managed to move. Um, which was pretty funny but then when I managed to open and close the hand it was such an achievement it was excitement and emotional and and now I I feel I I need one. (laughs) She's now hoping to raise £12,000 to have it fitted. A new attraction's opening at Rochester Cathedral later that'll make visitors feel like they're leaving Earth. The Space Voyage Sound and Light Show is taking place over the next three evenings, but tickets have already sold out, I'm afraid. The cathedral's previously hosted the hugely popular Museum of the Moon, and two years ago the nave was turned into an adventure golf course. And Seven Oaks has the third highest number of roads in Britain where homes are worth more than a cool £1 million. Kent Online Sports. There are nearly 1,800 more streets where that's the average price of a property compared to a year ago. Kent Online Sports. Football first and Gillingham are taking a break from the league as they welcome Ipswich Town to Priestfield in the EFL Trophy later. The Jules lost their first group game against Colchester last month. Assistant manager Paul Rayner spoke to us after Saturday's defeat and says there'll be some changes for tonight's game. We've done all right in the last three or four games and we've not made you know a lot of changes. But uh, there'll be opportunities certainly on Tuesday to stake a claim to play at Wickham, so which is great. The guys have trained well. They're obviously desperate to play. I see it every day in the sessions I have with the guys that haven't been playing, which is you know while the guys the other guys are recovering, I and I see how much they want to play and how, how hard they're working. 
and uh, it doesn't go unnoticed. So they'll get an opportunity to show it in a, in a game on Tuesday, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think I think a win takes us through with with obviously the results that have happened so far in the group. So no, it's not a priority, but it's a game of football. We want to win, and we'll pick a team, albeit there will be changes that we'll uh, we'll try and win, and uh, we'll expect to win. But uh, you know, once again, we're coming up against an Ipswich team with a. And I think he made 20 odd signings, 20, 22 signings, and they're, they're all quality. So even if he makes 11 changes or six changes, whatever he can make, I'm sure he'll be bringing top League One players and or even Championship players in. So, so another tough game, but we'll be ready. We'll give it a go, and uh, and the guys will give everything. But we just need a little bit more quality. Kick off tonight is at seven. We'll have details of the result in bulletins on our sister radio station KMFM tomorrow morning, and full reaction in tomorrow's podcast. Cricket and Jazz Singh has signed his first full-time. Prof- professional rookie contract with Kent. The 19-year-old bowler made his first-class debut for the club this year after coming through the academy. He's now signed full-time terms with the county. And Gravesend Grammar School say former pupil Fikeo Tamari, who has been called up to the England football squad, was always a great student. The 23-year-old who plays for AC Milan is in the national team for their World Cup qualifiers against Andorra and Hungary this month. His former teacher says they're all really pleased for him. Well, that's all for today. Thanks ever so much for listening don't forget you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, which are back up and running today. Plus, you can subscribe to the IM News app. That will give you access to all KM Group newspapers. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe.